And we're back again for another episode of The Stoop. I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, my partner in crime, my good buddy, the shark, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother? John, glad to be here. Another great Monday. Welcome, folks. Another great, great Monday. And we're coming off of our first Thursday show of 2016 here at the studio. And once again, we want to send out a huge thank you to Madeline Victoria, up-and-coming country star, for joining us on Thursday. We had a blast with her, Jeff. She is just one of the coolest people we've had on this show in a very long time. Absolutely. Loved every second of her. She's fun and uh, laid back, cool. It's not going to her head. She's confident. She thinks she's going to make it. She is going to make it. You know what? She's got the voice. She's got the talent. She's got the look. And she's got the management. So she's definitely going to make it. And we cannot wait to have her back on here with us in the future on The Stoop. But tonight, we're we're going to shift. We're, le- we're not talking music. We're talking video games. And we're talking television. Oh, yeah. We're going to be joined by Phil Moore. And if you don't remember the name, he was the host of Nick Arcade on Nickelodeon in the 90s. We're excited to have him with us. Really cool guy. Um, I'm sure a lot of our listeners grew up um, pretty much watching Nick Arcade and wanted to be on it and be in the video zone and thinking that they could beat everybody's high score. And uh, I was one of them. Um, Jeff, I know your fiance was one of them. So it'll be cool to have him oh, on yeah. here. Today. Yeah, it'll be great. It's exciting to go, go back to the. Yep. So excited back to the video game era. Oh. To the video game era. But, and, of course, we're going to do two top five lists tonight. We're going to give our listeners a treat. And instead of just narrowing it down to what Jeff's top five favorite video games are and what my top five video games are, we're going to break it down into two sections. What's our top five arcade video games and what's our top five home system video games. And we're going to get to that real soon. But we're going to have a, a few uh, points of discussion here tonight. Um First, we have to send our condolences uh, to the family, to the friends, and to uh, basically the American people, Jeff. Uh, the you know passing of uh, former First Lady Nancy Reagan, Ronald Reagan's wife, uh, passed away at 94 yesterday. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. I was telling my wife today, in, in my life, this is the first president and first lady that were that that was a president in, in in my duration of my lifetime. Now both of them are gone. It's pretty crazy that both Ronald uh, and and Nancy are gone. Uh, do you, do you have any thoughts on the passing of Nancy Reagan? It's funny you say that because all day long as I was preparing uh, for the show, I was thinking the same exact thing. Uh, I grew up in the first real president, and first lady that I remember that I loved and and believed in America was Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. And uh, tonight, it's kind of funny, we're going back to the 80s, and we're going back to video games, and that was me growing up, video games, Ronald Reagan, America, it's, you know, it's very sad. Nancy was a tremendous woman, did a lot for uh, the American public. Yeah, especially her uh, Just Say No campaign, Just Say No to Drugs, Just Say No to Alcohol, and that was one of the biggest things going on in the in the mid to late 80s. I, I think everybody knew about the whole Just Say No campaign, it was everywhere, TV, magazines, newspapers, Um if we had the internet back then, it would be on there too, but we didn't. So, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Nancy Reagan passed away at the uh, age of 94. Um, really, you know, our condolences out to uh, her, you know, the family and friends of Nancy Reagan. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've always liked her. I was always a, uh, a fan more personally of, of the two of them. I'm not going to get into the politics. Don't think he was a great president, but at the same time, I thought he was a he was a personable person. I, uh, he did a couple little things that were really good, um, but as a couple 
And as two people, I really liked the both of them. I thought they were uh, really cool people. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that, I mean, Ron's been gone since uh, 2004, man. He's, he's gone 12 years yeah. now. So, you know, that's, I mean, he was sick for a very, very long time with Alzheimer's. And, you know, even that, too, Nancy Reagan, with all the work she did for stem cells with Alzheimer's, um, you know, after Ronald Reagan passed away, uh, she she really was pretty much, I didn't want to call it a former first lady. I feel like she was a first lady up until the day she died yesterday. You know, she was just always around and just was always there. So, uh you know, real sad time. Nancy Reagan once again passed away yesterday at the age of 94. Um, let's shift it a little over to uh, to another uh, sad thing, uh, this time for football fans. Peyton Manning, the uh, Indianapolis Colts and Denver Broncos legendary quarterback, another guy I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've been around the entire duration of his career. He retired today. Um, Jeff, what do you think, man? Is this guy just one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback uh, ever in the NFL? Um, being a, a top five list uh, guru like we are, uh, <laughs> maybe uh, in the top five ever. I mean, you got your uh, your Montana and uh, of course Tom Brady and, and the things that Brett Favre did, and there, you, you know the names can go on. But uh, I purposely made my way home today around one o'clock to sit down and, and have a little bite to eat and, and watch the press conference. And uh, his delivery is just so ordinary guy. I mean, he was a legend and. But he just talked like a regular guy, and his magic on the field, he made it look so easy for all those years. He had great players around him, but he made them better. And you ask anybody he's played with, they'll tell you. It was his leadership and ability to play the game that made them better. Yeah. Uh, It's it's amazing how somebody can play so, so long in the NFL these days. And, uh, you know, he he had a great, great career. It's nice that he was able to end it with a Super Bowl win. Um you know, I was kind of rooting for them because, you know, what better way to go out than winning another Super Bowl? Um, the Manning family is, is just a legacy between Archie, his father, his brother Eli, and, and Peyton himself. Um, you know, there's really nothing to say. I'm not sad about it. I'm not happy about it. Um, it's just it, it was time for Peyton to go, and, uh, you know, he, he went out on top. You know, good for him. It's uh, it, it's it's. You know, we're getting a lot of people retiring. Calvin Johnson may retire. Um, we're hearing, you know, the lines are looking into it, and uh, they, they're they expecting an answer within the next 24 hours. Uh, Charles Woodson went out, another guy who came in at the same time Peyton Manning came in. Legendary career, one of the best cornerbacks uh, we've ever seen, Jeff. And uh, that's another guy that's retiring. You know, so many people walking away from the NFL, but Woodson, Manning, walking away, not in the prime of their career, at the tail end of their career, after a very good, long career. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, lights out for Peyton Manning in the NFL. Well done, though. you got to congratulate him for uh, going out on top and all the accomplishments. You can go on. We could have a whole show dedicated to his records and accomplishments. So. Absolutely. Uh, sticking with the uh, NFL talk here, NFL free agency is now upon us, and we have two trades today, and they're both involving your Philadelphia Eagles, Jeff. The first trade... Um, Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso, two guys that are just basically brought into the uh, Eagles not very long ago, being traded to the Miami Dolphins for draft picks. And now just before we went in the air here, running back DeMarco Murray is being shipped off to the Titans. My question for you is, if they're going to go and start cleaning house now, why in the hell did they sign Sam Bradford? Uh, this one takes a few minutes. It, it... It stems even past that. You, you made the deal last year to bring Bradford in. 
to ship LaShawn McCoy out of here to get Alonzo, who didn't prove to be anything special. You, you went hog wild to get Maxwell in here, and that was all gone. And to me, I mean, Bradford, as we said, look at his cap numbers. He's 22nd in starting quarterbacks coming into the season against the salary cap, looking a good amount of money. If you're going to start tanking everybody and, and trading players away and and doing band-aids in certain positions, I think the Bradford thing's ridiculous. And right now it's reminding me of last year all over again where Chip Kelly was dumping everybody, and now the new regime is dumping everybody. And, and mm-hmm. to find out where this is going to go is, as an Eagle fan, and this hits close to home, I am stumped right now as what the plan is this year. Yeah, it's crazy. I just uh, looking up uh, the DeMarco Murray trade too. Uh, they're uh, confirming that Murray's actually going to get a new lucrative contract with the Tennessee Titans as well. So uh, <laughs> he's he's going there for the long term. It looks like so that's that's interesting that they're at least able to give a decent running back to Marcus Mariota down in Tennessee. But yeah, going back to the Eagles here, I I just do not understand how people continuously give money to Sam Bradford. I I, I really just do not understand it and I don't understand the move by the new general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles and a new coaching regime there to get rid of Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso, and DeMarco Murray, but give money to Sam Bradford. I just do not understand it. Um, We're looking at some of the uh, free agent running backs on the list here of who the Eagles can go after. Now, Who's the backup running back for the Eagles? I can't remember. Is it still Darren Sproles or? It was uh, Ryan Matthews and Darren Ryan Sproles. Matthews. And, uh, yeah. And uh, they had the, the kid last year who uh, a little fumble-itis and a couple times they got him out yeah. there. But uh, I, I well, don't know. Because now, they're, I mean, I've heard they're looking to get rid of Matthews too. I was going to say, I mean, Ryan Matthews is competent to start. Is he on a monster contract? I don't really don't think he is. I know DeMarco Murray uh, was was a little high last season, but he's a free agent now. So why get rid of Ryan Matthews? You need a competent running back, and he looked pretty good for you guys last season. Yeah, he had some good splashes. Uh, he's a good player. He's a little fragile. The only thing I worry about with Matthews, if you go into the season uh, with him as your main guy, he's a little fragile. But, uh, hey, maybe roll the dice, you get a fragile Ryan Matthews with a fragile Arian Foster Oh. And you hope one of them guys hang on. It, it, it's messy right now. It really is. It, the, the names aren't there. You, you can't go with 30-something-year-old running backs. You're going to start trying to try to put them together. Yeah, so you're going to have a uh, an injured Bradford, an injured Ryan Matthews, and possibly an injured Arian Foster if they go that route. And, uh, yeah, so you guys won't be making the playoffs next season. We know that for sure. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, it's going to be an interesting NFL free agency. Uh, a lot of teams need some, uh, you know, have some holes to fill. Eagles now have a ton of holes to fill. Uh, my New York Jets have some holes to fill. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. Hopefully they re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Um, I hope they keep Bilal Powell. We were just talking about that uh, pre-show here uh, at the Stoop. Um, Jeff wouldn't mind seeing him in Philly, and I hope the Jets don't let go of Bilal, but we'll see what happens there. It's going to be real interesting, especially now with Calvin Johnson possibly retiring. See what the Lions do there. The Denver Broncos, is Brock Osweiler going to stay? Is he going to be the new man in Denver? We'll see there. Charles Woodson retiring. That's another cornerback hole to fill for, uh, I, I believe, the Raiders. He was with Justin Tuck retired. So there's a lot of people uh, you know, retiring. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the NFL this offseason. We'll keep you up to date on that on the stoop as we go along throughout the offseason here. Um, 
Real quick before we get into our top five list, and then we'll be joined by Fillmore. Um, we talk a lot about reboots and the movies, the television shows that they keep rebooting. Now they're rebooting DuckTales. They've released an image today from the new DuckTales that's coming out in 2017. Jeff, do you remember DuckTales? Did you watch it? And if you did, is this something that should be rebooted or should they just let it go? No. <laughs> it does not have to be redone. Not all this stuff has to be redone. It's just I don't get it. Are we really out of ideas? Uh, uh, oh yes. Movie. Let's get the stoop movie. Me and you on and, and doing our movie. I mean, I don't, I don't really understand where we're going. I mean, some things are done right. Star Wars was brought back and it's brought back for the right reasons and done the right way. And all your superhero movies, but I mean stuff like Ducktales and like we said last week, making Ghostbusters with an all female cast and it's it's so. I'm not. I'm not saying of anything. Not reboot thing. Yeah, I hear that. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Like I said, I I like the reboot of uh, Boy Meets World. I like the reboot of Full House. Um, so far, I haven't liked the reboot of pretty much anything else. Um, the Inspector Gadget cartoon on Netflix, pretty cool. I gotta tell you that. So, um, all right, man. Top five list time. We're gonna do uh, two sections here. Now we're gonna do our top five favorite arcade games, and then we're gonna do our top five home system games. And by the end of that, we should be joined by our guest, uh, Nick Arcade's Fillmore. So, uh, Jeff, we're going to start it off with our top five arcade games. You're the man. Start from number five. All right, top five arcade games. Number five um, is absolutely one of my favorites. And it's funny because it's not really your typical video game, but it's something that's in the arcades. It is an arcade-style game. And uh, you may totally disagree, but checks hockey. Um, big table. Live-sized hockey players. It was a great game. It's, it's still everywhere. You go to hockey games in the arena, mm-hmm. and they got it everywhere. and Everybody plays it still, kids, adults. Uh, good action and a great game. I've always loved Czechs hockey. Uh, number four was uh, pole position. Um, oh, as great. A kid, that, as a, yeah, as a kid, it was your first drive, that big steering wheel, that little shifter, you know, and the mm-hmm. uh, race was on, and it was so exciting. And uh, it was so you had to get – in seconds to, to keep going and uh, yes. terrific game, one of the best racing games ever. Uh, number three, I went with um, Dragon's Lair, and this game for me way back when was so far ahead of its time. Uh, you know, kind of like the CD driven, uh, the different motions and one little move and shuts down the whole game. It was so exciting. Mm-hmm. The graphics were so far ahead of its time. Watching Agreed. it, I'm like, oh my God, what, what is this? Like, this never be heard. But something that could still be fresh today. If it came out today, it would be just as creative as it was way back when. Um, a little couple of the uh, Homer picks here. Number two, of course, is Donkey Kong. What kid didn't love Donkey Kong? Uh, the introduction to Mario and, of course, the big gorilla Donkey Kong. Uh, played it for hours. I loved Donkey Kong. I would play it endlessly. I just loved it. And uh, number one, it's very conventional, but we all fell in love with it. It was one of the biggest crazes ever. It was Pac-Man. Every kid loves Pac-Man. Pac-Man was everywhere. Cereal on its own. TV shows and Brain Salt and Ms. Pac-Man and Baby and Pac-Man cereal. went everywhere. And, yeah, and cereal. That's what and cereal. Pac-Man was everywhere. That is the essential arcade game, really. That, yeah, that's that, that's a great game. Uh, I, I, I went a little bit different. I went with a little bit more new stuff. Um, in number five, went with the racing game, OutRun was one of, to hmm. me, one of the best racing games out there. Um, number four, it was it just took the world by storm. It was something completely different. 
got to go with the original arcade version of Street Fighter. Absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. Number three, uh, my parents owned a bar and restaurant in Pennsylvania many, many years ago as a little kid. I used to play this a lot as a little kid. Commando. To me, that was a game ah, ahead of yeah. its time. Loved Commando, <laughs> one of the best arcade games um, in my book. Number two, big basketball fan. Have to go with this. Played this so many times. Wasted so many quarters. NBA Jam. One of my favorite arcade games. <laughs> and number one, got to go with a racing game again. Not a big racing guy, but when it comes to arcade games, I love the old racing games. Number one, got to go with Super Sprint. One of the best racing games ever on the arcade circuit. All right, Jeff, real quick, uh, and then we'll be joined by Phil Moore from Nick's Arcade. What's your top five home system games? Top five home system games, a lot of them seem uh, seem to be very much Nintendo-driven, but... Uh... <laughs> We're going to start with the legend where it all began. It's Pong. If you don't put Pong on your list, I don't care how boring and how drab Pong is, but it's the beginning of video games. It's on your list. It's on my list. It's where it all started. So Pong gets a nod. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, we all loved it. All the levels and all the characters. Uh, just a fun game, and kids still play it today. My fiance plays the heck out of it. She is the best Super Mario player on earth. You heard it here. Uh, number three, Mike Tyson, Punch-Out. Uh, awesome game. All the uh, all the characters and the beginning of that legend of nobody will ever beat Tyson. It was always such a hard thing to do. Um, kind of a weird one here, but number two for me, NHL 93 for Sega Genesis. Um, the, the, the bloodbath players, guys getting laid out and bleeding, the fights, uh, and the teams are all so close, the Blackhawks and the, and the Kings and all that. Oh, mm-hmm. such a great game. That really started for me for hockey games. And number one is... Um, Tecmo Super Bowl. Not just Tecmo Bowl, but Tecmo Super Bowl. The yes. one year they did all the NFL teams with the great graphics, and, and it was a, a well ahead of his time football game, and all the players from every team, just a great game. That's my top five. It, it's such memories. I'm like tearing up here from great memories. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's some great stuff. Anyway, well, let's go over to my top five list real quick. Um, I have a tie in the fifth spot. Once again, really not chalk there. Um Tiny Toon Adventures. This is a game that wow. I absolutely loved. It was it, The graphics were phenomenal. The gameplay was probably one of the most brilliant gameplays I've ever seen in a video game, and it really got no love. But, man, did I waste so many hours playing Tiny Toon Adventures. Um, in my fifth spot, the original Castlevania. Once again, another game before its time. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Wasted a lot of hours there. Number four, Ninja Gaiden. That game was just... Sick. One of the best. Number three, Contra. This is a game now that I beat so many times, and as soon as I beat it, <laughs> I hit reset and started going through it again. That was the ultimate game. Number two, it's funny. You went NHL 93. I went NHL 94, Sega Genesis. Wow. This is a game I went absolutely berserk for, played it from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep if I wasn't in school. And number one, going to go with Super Nintendo here, and this is a game that not a lot of people really go nuts for, but then when you find those few people that really love it, it's amazing. It's a cult following, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. This game <laughs> was incredible. It was kind of tough to narrow down my number one. I, I, there were so many Atari games I looked at, some Coleco, some even Neo Geo, uh, but I had to go with the SNES Zombies Ate My Neighbors because guess what? Wow. I have it on my hack PSP, and I still play it to this day. Absolutely love it. Incredible. All right, so, so uh, we're going to – What was that? 
the lists are so different. Both so it, different. it really is. It really is absolutely different. We have no ties this week in our top five list, so uh makes me happy that we finally don't have a tie. So, All right. Anyway, uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to be joined by the host of Nick Arcade, Phil Moore. What's going on, Phil? All right. Hey, hey. What's up, bro? How you doing, guys? What's up, Phil? We're doing great, man. Hey, we're man. So, we're so ecstatic to have you with us, man. We, we've been looking forward to this for the last couple of weeks now, and we just want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come here tonight. Look, anytime I can sit around and talk games and, like, you know, take that trip down memory lane, man, with fans and y'all, I'm all for it. That's what me on. I, I've been looking for it. Look, I talk in my sleep about stuff. I talk to my family about stuff. They're like, shut up and talk to somebody else. That's you guys. <laughs> That's fine, man. We'll welcome that. So you can come back whenever you want, man. We'll talk video games. We'll talk anything, man. We love it. So, um, All right, cool. I wasn't watching 
Nickelodeon, you know, I was in college. I was a grown man, you know. I wasn't was yeah. watching Nickelodeon <laughs> at the time. And um, uh, it was, but the ones that, what, what makes something stand out, I have no idea. What, make, what gives it that longevity, I haven't the slightest idea. You see it with everything, man. You know, you can take a look at movies and go, hey, two movies came out the same year. They both made a ton of money. One, you know, or, or even one doesn't make a lot of money, and yet that's the one that everybody remembers that has that cult following, the one that broke all kinds of records. Who, who cares? Nobody, nobody remembers it at all, you know? So yeah, I don't know, right. man, but it's, it's a good feeling, though. It's a real yeah. good feeling. Yeah, and, and that, that's actually a good example because, to me, uh, Nick Arcade is like the big trouble in Little China of movies. It comes out, doesn't get a lot of fanfare, doesn't make a lot of, mo- of, of money, but then all of a sudden, 20-plus years down the line, it's huge. Boom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Some of the other shows that that got a lot of um, publicity uh, and got a lot of money thrown at it end up being, to, to use your analogy, they became the, the avatar of movies. Oh, it made a ton of money, but really, do you really sit down and watch it again? No. No. <laughs> no, and you know what? And that's, and that's the thing, too, with Double Day. You look at it. Listen, Mark Summers, absolutely amazing host, good show. It was fun. But it was something that was so niche that it didn't really last long. Video games have just spiraled so out of control into into such a new thing. And now all of a sudden, the classic retro game systems are coming back. So are the arcade cabinets. And it's like all of a sudden, Nick Arcade's getting this whole new life again, like you said, after 25 years. So, you know, but even then, if you think about it, like I remember being in school... And, uh, you know, I, we would talk about Nick Arcade all the time, how we wish we were on it, how we think we could do better than the past contestant. So <laughs> in, in that circle, it was popular. Why did it only last two seasons? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, there's, there's a lot of answers, and I get, the, I get asked that question a lot. Um, you know, they say in showbiz, you never burn any bridge, <laughs> and you never bite the hand that fed you, because to be quite honest, Man, I'm super thankful. Like I was, you know, I I I bought the house that Nick built. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk I'm not gonna talk negatively or adversely. However, I think it came from a standpoint of uh, rewatchability. So this is a little bit of TV talk that I'm going to get into because I'm a TV guy. Um, what happens with a lot of shows is they take a look at the rerunability of a certain show, um, and some shows are evergreen, meaning you can watch it almost any time, and aside from the clothing, maybe some hairstyles, um, you know, maybe music, the show still can be, you know, current and have, be, have some relevance to today. But then there's certain things that you look at and you go, um, no, that, that just, it looks too cheesy. You look at it immediately and you go, wow, that's an old show, and you just can't get past the look of it. I yeah. think that Nick Arcade kind of had that dealing with a lot of the people that were in charge uh, at that particular time. Because, again, you pop in, a, you, you cut on an episode and you're looking at an 8-bit game as opposed to being able to, you know, take a look at something on the PS4 or the Xbox One. And you know, let's not even go that far because those are games that are out today. Let's just keep yeah. it to the 90s. When you take a look at some of the newer things that were coming out, the, the, the Dreamcast, the Nintendo oh, Cube, yeah. and, then, and then, right, those are things that are like in the later 90s. And, mm-hmm. and and you're looking at a show that has 8-bit Mario or Super Ghouls and Ghosts. You know what I mean? And, and, <laughs> and, I just, <laughs> and I just think that somewhere along the way, you know, I think it was an intelligent decision. But you can't predict what people will like. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the thing. You really can't re- predict 
what people were like. You can't necessarily predict nostalgia. You know, what makes one thing click and go, yeah, I'm there all the way. And like you said, State Trouble in Little China. What makes that movie? I can watch Escape from New York all day long. The CD (laughs) is horrible. The plane looks fake. The dialogue is cheesy. Strap me down (laughs) on a rainy day, man. I'm watching Escape from. Give me some Snake Plissken. I thought you were that, Snake. I'm there all day. You no, it's, 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 you, you just hit the nail on the head because we um, I was just having this conversation with somebody not that uh, long ago, and we were talking about uh, you know uh, some of the old Sinbad movies and how mm-hmm. you know how back then those graphics were just absolutely phenomenal over the top, and you look at it now and you see how how corny it was. But guess what? Give mm-hmm. me those movies over some of the new CGI today, and oh, it, look, it, it, say, yeah, yeah. Look, I. You take a look at the original Terminator movie, and that yeah. scene where Sarah Connor is trying to get the, the Terminator is coming out of through the door, and it looks like some go-motion Gumby thing coming through there. And you know what? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. You know? yeah, and yet there's some things that you look at. But then take, take the, the latest uh, fan stick movie, flush yeah. that down the toilet. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, yep. it, I don't know. So anyway, I think I think what has happened, what happened back then was, I think that they looked at the the reairability because the thing about Nickelodeon and even even the Disney Channel and and Cartoon Network, it always has an audience that as soon as an audience stops watching, a group of age group stops, they get almost the exact same number starting up again. In other words, let's say if you stop watching Disney Channel at fourteen, but yeah. you start watching it at as soon as the 14-year-olds walk away, the new people who just turned six are walking in. So you always have a turnover of audience, and you want to be able to get as much use out of your programming as you can via reruns, especially if you're not sure if you're going to come back and do new episodes. And I just get the feeling, and this is also from having conversations with um, the guys that created Nick Arcade, Karim Metep and James Bader. We're still buddies. We still talk um, from time to time. As a matter of fact, um, what was it, Sunday? Sunday was Karim's birthday, uh, um, this past Sunday. Uh, wow. But, you know, we still chat, and they, they just kind of told me, you know, like they really get the feeling that that had a lot of influence over whether or not um, the show was going. You just show all that again. If you don't know that the kids are really now in their 30s, it's just a bunch of kids having fun doing sketch comedy. But I think that somewhere the higher-ups kind of looked at it and said, hmm, gee, that's going to look real dated. It's going to look real old. But like you said, man, oh, my gosh, the swing, you know, it, it, it just lashed on. And I don't know why, but you know what? It's a testament to the fans, what they like. Um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm incredibly grateful because, honestly, for me, it, it had a premature death. The show ended way too soon. I would have loved to have done, like, another, like, like I said, another six seasons and gotten eight out of it. But if we had to put a 25-year gap in between before we could start doing arcade stuff again, so be it. I'm still alive. I'm still energetic. I still, you know, I'm, I'm nuts. And um, and now we can play some real grown-up games. We don't have to worry about get the rings. We can do headshots. And we can, <laughs> <laughs> we can do finishers. We're all grown-ups now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like that. Yeah, don't get the ring. Just get the headshot. Let's, let's snipe it. I like that. Uh, so, you know what? And, and we, we always talk about reboots here. We always talk about the new stuff. You know, you see Disney doing it. You, you, you see Nick doing it. The, the people go nuts when when they announce that. Oh, we're gonna do this old school Nickelodeon channel where they're gonna do reruns of Doug and Rugrats and all this other stuff. 
the 30-year-old people and even the early 40s, they went bananas, man. They want to see yeah. this stuff. Um, yeah. You know, could Nick, you know, Nick Arcade, could Legends of Hidden Temple, could even double there? Could this all be rebooted? Because to me, kids of today could use this stuff because there's not enough of it on TV. Well, I, I tell you what, I think I think the best way to do it is to kind of take a cue from what's happening in the cinematic world right now with mm. with the nostalgia stuff coming back. And it's funny because I, I just did a uh, uh, the Southern California Gaming Expo. Somebody asked me that question. I it's not you know, a lot of times you get asked the same questions, but every now and then I get hit with a question that's not a common one. And the question you just asked, I'd only been asked one time before. So it forced me to kind of think about it. And the answer that I gave was I I I, I gave the analogy of what's happening in movies. Yeah. Like, um, like for instance, Mad Max. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, yeah. um, Creed. The thing that makes it work is not to come back and do the exact same thing. If you come back and Agreed. do the exact same thing, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's the other show? Uh, Fuller House right now. Yeah. Fuller House. No. Um, Girl Meets World. You can't come back and do the exact same thing because time moves on. I mean, you know, if I were to walk on stage right now wearing like a totally Huxtable sweater and a high top face. <laughs> y'all, y'all are looking at me and like, get that guy out of a room, dude. Can't you wake up and smell the 21st century? Um, I'd watch it. What, you, you'd watch it, yeah. You'd watch it and it'd be memes all over the place with me. But point is, the point is, here's what's got to happen. This, it's got to have the feeling of the original. It's got to feel when you when you it's like it's like it's like walking into your old house that you grew up in and there's new furniture in it. It doesn't matter there's new furniture. You can close your eyes and get from the bedroom to the living room. You can close your eyes and know exactly where the staircase is. Without even like looking to see where you are, if you'd be in pitch blackness, you know, if you turn right, you're in your parents' room, and if you go down the hallway, that leads to the garage. Even though there's different furniture in it, it yeah. feels the same. And that's what yes. has happened. In the movie world, the ones, the, the things that have done it right, like I said, Creed, uh, Mad Max, uh, you know, uh, Fury, um, the, the Force Awakens, uh, the Fuller House, Girl Meets uh, World, they did it right. They didn't sit up there and go, let's have the three guys from Full House still raising their daughters because they all got divorces and they're living back <laughs> home again. And she just, like, no, you can't do it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, so, so nobody's moved on. They're also living in the same. No, that wouldn't work. But it's got to feel the same. So yeah. I don't think that. I don't think that really. Honestly, I would want to see the exact same thing. But I would want to see something that feels like. Like I'm like, man. I got to tell you, I am so so jammed on about this new um, Legends of the Hidden Temple becoming a movie. Yes. yes. See, that's 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 the way to do it. Because honestly, listen, Legends of the Hidden Temple always was like an Indiana Jones movie. It was like Indiana Jones meets Goonies meets The Mummy. Um, but then they had to stop like, and play a game. You know, I always imagine I had an opportunity to meet the guys back in the day that actually created the show. And just from, like, having lunch with them, they never said this. But I always got this feeling that somewhere along the line, somebody said, the way the show got created was somebody said, hey, man, did you see the last Indiana Jones? Oh, yeah, a couple of Doom was good, man. Yeah, man. Wish we could do that as a game show. You know what I mean? It's like it always yeah. seems to have its roots in a in a story, a mystery, an adventure. Somebody just said, "How can we now, you know, 
retroactively make it a game. And it worked. I mean, for what it was, it worked. My son loved Legend. It was so funny because he was interviewed one time on Nickelodeon. And he said, What's your favorite game show? Of course, they were expecting him to go Nick Arcane. He goes, Legendary! <laughs> 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 I'm like, Of course. Yes, of course. You know why? Because it was, it was booty. And you can yeah. win a prize. You know? Yeah. And so the idea of doing this new live action movie, it's going to, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have All Mac. You're going to have, my prediction is you're going to have Silver Snake, but it's not going to be like a T-shirt. It's going to be a CGI snake that's the color silver. You're going to have, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Green Monkey, and it's going to be a real, you know, Caesar from Planet Eight looking monkey that happens to be green. And, and, and the Temple Guards are going to like kidnap some kids, you know, or somebody, and then you're going to have to rescue them before you can go on. Feel like the original show, the game show, but yet it's going to mm-hmm. be different. And um, so that's what you have to do. And, um, you know, with respect to Double Dare, I just think that, um, you know, Nickelodeon's tried a couple of times with a couple of things. They even brought back Guts back in the um, early 2000s. They brought yes, back, I remember that. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, my family's got Guts. They brought back Figure It Out with my man Jeff something, who, you know, mm-hmm. did an amazing job. But, again, I think both of those shows were doing it beat for beat exactly. And, yeah. you know, you know it's, a, it's a different time. We, we, look, I don't mean to make us sound old, but time moves on, and the new generation has different likes and different tastes. But there's some general things that everybody just loves. So that's, yeah. how, that's what I mean by giving it that same feeling, you know. And that's why you're like, oh, i got to tell you something. I mean, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not keeping this a secret any longer. I've created a new, uh, you know, video game show. I'm out pitching it right now. Um, it's a possibility that it's going to be, uh, on a major, major uh, uh, internet streaming service. But, you know, Ooh. if that deal doesn't go through, we're working on another one. But it is a little bit of what I've said to you already. It's going to be me. It's going to have yeah. high energy. It's going to have people, you know, playing video games. There's no video zone, but there will be video challenges. And it's going to be, it's going to be a grown-up show in which, like oh. I said, we're not going to sit down there and, like, you know, relegate ourselves to just grabbing the ring. Or, you know, uh, can we get to the end and jump down a little too? We're going to go head-to-head, man-to-man, woman-to-woman, man-to-woman. And you're going to have to kick somebody's butt seriously within the context. We're talking about, imagine if Nick Arcade could do Call of Duty on a split screen. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. You against somebody in studio. You against somebody playing at home. So um, right now, I'm actually out. I'm a producer in LA. That's what I've been doing. And uh, because of... Because of the fans, man, because of people like you, everybody listening, um, I sat down and said, okay, since nobody else is going to do it, and like I told you, my, big, my, biggest, my biggest, you know, fault was I didn't realize people really cared that much. I really didn't. So once, they, once I realized, oh, you really want this? Oh, I got a million ideas. So I put together a show called DG Rumble. Hopefully we'll see it within the next six months or so. I'm trying to get it up before the fall. Um, we- but, you know, that's the deal. You've got to make it feel like the what you're used to, but it's gotta you gotta bring something different. You absolutely. Know? Yeah, absolutely. No, and that's gonna be great. That's that's gonna be absolutely awesome. I have to throw this out to you. I'm gonna pitch it now. I think on your new game show you gotta do Battle of the Podcast and Jeff and I are gonna come on, man, and we can go up against some other podcast hosts, man. That would be phenomenal. That's the man. whole point, man. Look, man, that's the whole point. Okay, look, listen, listen, I'm trying to keep this under wraps, but that's the basis of the show. You get yeah. two people who wanna challenge each other or yeah. Or two people will have a natural dispute. You're like, think people's court. That's, so that's a little dispute there. 
So you get two podcasts. That's exactly what I did. You bring in somebody from podcasts over or two people on the same podcast. Yeah. You know, oh, you could have rival podcast people or two people within a single podcast. Or let's take it a whole step further. Let's let's, let's get somebody like out of the studio audience that thinks they're better than you. <laughs> and you're <laughs> they play you online, they're in the studio, you're online. It's, oh my gosh. My brain See, is and that I would have been great with Nick Arcade because like I was telling you earlier. You know, as a kid, I always thought I was better than the people on the show. Like, oh, man, you know, he, he ducked five feet before that branch was coming. Then he stood up and the branch broke. And, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's you know, he just lost a life. He's gone, right? Yeah. I can do better than that. So, man, that's right. that's perfect. If you grab somebody and snag them right out of the audience and say, hey, you know what? If you think you're better, you know, let's, you know, put your money where your mouth is. You know, I love that. That's, no, it's that's like, it's like phenomenal. Like, Right, that's what I mean. That's what's called VG Rumble. You throw down the gauntlet, the challenge is set, we settle it right there. You know, we settle it. It's like, it's like you settle your, like, the, if I could steal a line from the people's court, you settle your video game dispute right here and I'll form the video game challenge arena. That's, that's what it is. Um, and like we said, that's how you do it differently. It, it's all the other stuff that feels like Nick Arcade, but how do you make it different? On the real, on Nick Arcade, you could never play if you thought you were better. On VG Rumble, you will be able yeah. to play. And you don't have to be in the studio. You can be at home. It doesn't matter. Everybody gets a chance to throw down the gauntlet, call somebody out, tell them to put up or shut up, and we find out. You walk away with bragging rights. And, and maybe something, maybe some prize, maybe something, I don't know. But um, that's it, man. That is, just, that is the thing. So um, VG Rumble, folks, keep your fingers crossed. Tell anybody, like, it's, just, it's coming. It's coming. We're, we're, I'm pitching it. Right now, so I mean, like I said, awesome. we got a couple of real good bites um, to get this thing up and on the air, man. Because um, well, definitely looking forward happen. to that. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, you know, people want it. People love the nostalgia kick. Jeff and I were just talking about it just a couple of shows ago, and we talked about it again earlier tonight. The reboots, if it's done the right way, it's perfect. I love the Fuller mm-hmm. House. I think they did a phenomenal job with the way they ran with it. The Girl Meets World phenomenal job there's a few mm-hmm. movies that they rebooted did not like it the total recall the fright night right. thought they were absolutely right. horrible ghostbusters does not look good to me you know but if well, it's yeah. done the right way it, it could be something really great so yeah it, and, right. and it sounds like you're doing bg rumble in in the in the appropriate and perfect way it's now it's not nick arcade it's 90s now. it's now it's, right. it's, not, it's not it's not it's not like it's not like the uh, robocop reboot or like you said the total recall reboot it's force awakens and creed that's what it is Perfect. That's what we want to hear. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so one of the you know questions I was going to ask you, if you're up to any new projects, so that that's great. So we know that now. Um, before we let you go, we got to ask you this. So um, I, I have two questions, and I'll just throw them out to you. Uh, we did our top five list tonight. What are yeah. what were some of your favorite video games? You know, in, All right, in the here 80s, you go. Like, what, what was the, the, the one that Fillmore always ran to and played? First of all, you're not gonna you're not gonna shortly change me like that, my friend. I got my top five. You know, oh. I'm not just gonna give you one. I'm gonna give you my top five. All right, you ready? You ready? Here we go. You ready? Starting at number five, Sega Genesis. This is the odd one. This is my odd man out. Most people are gonna look at me and go, "Okay," but I'm telling you, this is the game that like I wasted so much time playing. Sega Genesis. Oh no, more lemmings. Oh, okay. Right. It was the follow-up to the Lemon game where you had to figure out what tools to use and build the stuff and make them get from point A to point B. Oh, my gosh. Nice. So many brain cells lost in that game. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that's number five. Number four, uh, uh, 
uh, um, Super Adventure Island. Oh. It was like taking little Mowgli from the Jungle Book and putting him on an island. He swam in the water. He ran through the jungle. The coolest thing about it, though, was the soundtrack. And I got to tell you, I'm a man who will admit this. On my iPod, I have four songs from Super Adventure Island because the music was so dope. Yeah, that was, that was the Super Nintendo, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so number coming in at number, coming in at number three, Star Fox. Yes. Boom, drop the mic, walk away. Star Fox, <laughs> that came. You know, oh my gosh, the game was incredible. And because of Nick Arcade, one of the little things that we, meaning the executive producers, the guys that created the show, and myself, video game companies always wanted us to take a look at their new upcoming prototype items in hopes that we would put it on the show. We had Sonic 2 on the show before it was available mm. for purchase in the store. And the creators of Nick Arcade, ready for this, actually have a copy of Star Fox 2. Never got released. I played wow. the game. Oh. I know, right? Okay, oh, so that was my number man. three. Okay, number number four. Number, I mean, my number two. My number two. Super Mario Kart on the Super NES system. Oh, Super, that Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart was the first game that my son uh, and I were actually able to play. I mean, I had a toddler when I first started doing, you know, Nick Arcade. By the time I got done with the show, he was like five, six years old, and all of a sudden he had hand-eye coordination, and he could talk trash. He was like a little <laughs> kindergarten trash-talking little mofo. <laughs> I'm driving along in the car. I'm like, who hit me with the red, red shell? And there's this little, you know, peanut head boy going, ah, ah, ah. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was like really with you know, Andy Opie won fishing, my son David and I, yeah. Super Mario Kart. That's what we did. And number one, top of the list, this is the definite, definitive, drop the mic for Fillmore and walk away, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Ooh. Yes. See, this, yeah. this, everybody, everybody just, just breathe that in for a second. Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Inhale. Exhale. Now find it. Play it. You will thank me. You you will go on Twitter and you will go. Oh, I was about to I was about to like give up on life, but Silmore told me about Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Uh, I, I, uh, I remember that, and I wasted some hours on that game, man. I remember. Man, it. oh man. Now, nope. I actually have it. Um, I have one of the older Wii's, and on the Nintendo, you can actually you know buy some of the old classic vintage games, and they actually have that on there, and. Um, but but I also went old school and I bought myself an old Nintendo four and actually bought the cartridge because you got to use the Batarang looking controller. You know the, the controllers on the on the uh, Nintendo things look like Batarang, you know. And you, yeah. you know you got to have that you got to have that little cool little you know controller in your hand. But that's my top five. That's my number one. Um, I can play those games all. I do. I own all of those games and play them right now, with the exception of. Um, uh, the um, the uh, Super Adventure Island. That's the only one I actually still don't have. So when I get tired of playing Arkham, when I get tired of playing, you know, Need for Speed, whatever edition, when I get tired of playing, you know, just you know, whatever, I, I I go back go to right those, and that's that's my that's my comfort food. That's my comfort food right there. Yeah, man. See, that's <laughs> that's me. I, I totally left Super Mario Kart off my list, and now it's bothering me because I wasted so so many hours on that game. Oh man. man. Because we learn stuff. See, that's the other thing that was crazy about my kid, man. He would learn stuff, 
and then not tell me. <laughs> like I didn't like I didn't know that if you hit X, well, you know when you roll over the little um the, the box and it, that little box at the top of scrolling through the various weapons, you yep. can actually stop it. I didn't know that. I used to think I, I, I used to sit there and just let it. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So so when you roll over, they go through, and it's going through all of the you know scrolling through all of different things. If you hit X now, you know you, you're trying to time it to get something really good. But if you're really good and you're fast enough, you can actually stop. I used to wonder how come I keep getting stupid bananas and he's always getting lightning bolts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how come I got more coins and he's always getting the red shell? That's because. Yeah. They get knew exactly what he was doing. You knew what he's doing, man. These kids pick up on the stuff. Listen, he took he took Obi Wan to school when it came to video games. Oh man, that's crazy, man. That is good stuff. That is really good stuff. So, all right, man. Real quick, one more question before we let you go. Um, yeah, yeah. You played a lot of the retro <laughs> games. You played a lot of the new games. If you had to mm-hmm. choose, do you go '80s, '90s arcade and home system, or do you go with the new stuff today? Um. Okay, I'm, I'm probably I don't I don't know how this is going to divide your audience. I go with the older games, and let me tell you why the older systems. And, and, and because look, you can't take away how the, how incredible the graphics are. You can't take away the action and the gameplay. But I gotta tell you, I gotta I, I, the thing that bugs me the most is I when we used to buy video games, or when your parents this is for those out there like whose parents used to buy the video games. Mm-hmm. You would go to the store and you would put down like thirty five dollars and you would play that game for forty five years. That game lasted <laughs> forever. You went through puberty, you went through high school before you would get to see the end credits of that game. You would be playing it all day, all night, and like I said, you like you're married, you're walking down the aisle with a controller, still trying yes. to play that N sixty four game. Nowadays, you pay 60 bucks and you're done in a weekend. Isn't that crazy? That's, isn't isn't that absolutely yeah. nuts, man? Because I remember a game like right. Rygar, and the only thing you could do was pause. You couldn't save it. And if you turned that sucker off, you had to start all the way from the beginning. Oh, again. Right. It took you years to beat Rygar. And it's like right. these games now, like you said, 60 to $70, you're done with them in three and days. you're it's, done it's in insane. a weekend. Does it look great? So, again, it looks fantastic. And here's the other thing, too. And this is, this is where I kind of like, uh, I kind of like the you know divide the audience here. Look, I have I have movies in the cloud. I stream on t- on 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 the internet. I've got a Voodoo account that I can watch stuff on my smart TV. I've got yeah. Blu-ray. Okay, so I don't want my game to last just a weekend, but it gives me two hours worth of movies. I got movies. When I buy a game, I want to play a game, and I want to play the game for more than just a weekend. So again, yeah. that's why. The older stuff. That's that's why that that's my answer. Hey, listen, before you let me go, I do want to answer one other question because I actually got asked. Somebody asked me this, like, please, so please, uh, 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 someone that follows me, her name is uh, Rachel. She said, uh, you to ask, answer just one question. It's my number one question. People wanted to know about the selection process of how they got chosen to be on Nick Arcade because, like I said, everybody okay. wants to know. I don't want to pick those kids. I'm doing better than my sleep. <laughs> it's really funny because like they would put them through a rigorous process. They bring them in, they get them with some like you know twenty somethings that were staff people on the show. They would you know see if they could play. They would talk to them to make sure they had great personalities. The reason why people kind of didn't play so well on the show is because of the process of being on TV. I it's, I, I tell everybody take your average think about, think about yourself when you were fourteen years old and what you did and your circle of friends. 
Now, imagine somebody comes to you and says, you get chosen to be on a TV show, and that sounds all fun and exciting. You're going to be playing video games. But when you actually walk up there, the average 14-year-old is not used to going into a room, having a stranger stand, strip out of your clothes, put these on. We're separating you from your mother and your father. Now, going into this room, and these women are going to put makeup on you, even if you're a boy. Then you're going to go outside, and there's this guy who has a hooked up. Ice, frosty, ice hands, because the sound stage is like, 32 degrees Fahrenheit. He's going to shove a wire up your butt, through your, through your stomach, up towards your collar <laughs> to put a mic on you. And by the way, there's like five of the screaming kids going nuts. And of course, there's still more the, the ADD Ridland poster child over there bouncing off the ceiling in front of you. And, and, and all they're telling you to do is a 14 year old is act natural. There is nothing natural about that. <laughs> no, so, no. It's, I kind of do that. Nope. I kind of I have to get that out in defense of all of the dare in the headlights that ever happened on Nick Arcade. They were great kids. When we're sitting around before we start shooting, we're hanging out in the green room, some of the best kids ever. And then all of a sudden they get in front of that environment with all of that has happened to them prior to walking out on stage, and it's like squirrel. And they would just, just freeze up and uh, it was a little intimidating. But so I got to give my, I gotta give mad love to everybody that was ever on the show. Because I got to tell you, it, it was a weird thing. To, it was a weird thing to host, but at the end of the day, it was always uh, a lot of fun. And it was one of, of the best game shows, man, on TV. And we are so ecstatic that you're working on BG Rumble, and and we got the possibility of it landing somewhere really huge. And like I said, keep Jeff and I, man, in mind because we're down to play some video games. Yeah, well, listen, we never got to be on Nick Arcade, and that was one of my dreams. So if we can be on BG Rumble. We're down, oh, man. Listen, you, you, you two are the, the, the perfect candidates for it. But I, and listen, I, I, of course, you know there's going to be announcements. Everybody will know. I'll post it up on Twitter, and I wouldn't be surprised, just like with Legends, Variety would probably, you know, you know, make an announcement because it's going to be huge. So, um, hey, man, whatever we can do to keep it going, man, to keep it going. We'll do it, man. We'll do it. Thank you so much. Phil Moore from Nick Arcade. We appreciate it, man. we got to get you back on real soon, man. So uh, expect to hear from us. I'll make it happen, Captain. Just give me a holler. Thanks so much, man. Have a good night. Thanks, Phil. All right, you too. Bye, guys. And that was Phil Moore from Nick Arcade, man. Yes, Woo. the high energy. And as he said, oh, yeah. HD Ritalin going. Phil Moore, man. <laughs> that was great, man. We got – man, what, what great information, man. The selection process – um, you know, just hearing from him about why it was done after two seasons and then the new show, BG Rumble, man, that sounds phenomenal. Are you down to be on it, Jeff? Because I'm down. I'm down to be on it. I'm lo- I mean, Phil sold me. I mean, how do you not like it? Listen to, you know, ever listen to him. No, that was <laughs> great, man. I would, that was that was absolutely phenomenal, man. Once again, thank you to Phil Moore for joining us tonight, and we got to get him on. Man, I, I can't wait to hear the announcement on BG Rumble. I, I hope that network picks it up, and I hope – um, you know, kids today get to see the kind of stuff that we grew up on because, like you said, Nick Arcade, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, and then we can go with, uh, you know, Guts and Double Dare and all those other game shows. Man, we grew up on some really cool stuff as kids, man, and I feel like these kids don't have it today. It's a damn shame. Damn shame indeed. So that was a good one. So thank you so much for Phil for taking uh, the time out of his schedule to join us tonight. Uh, we got some great, great shows coming up. Uh, our second Thursday show of 2016. This Thursday, March 10th, we're going to be joined by metal guitarist Xander Demos, and we're going to play some of his ripping stuff right here on the stoop. March 14th, Femme, uh, Femme Fatale's Lorraine Lewis, the 80s band Femme Fatale. They are now back. 
they're as beautiful as ever. And uh, we're going to have Lorraine Lewis, the lead singer, with us. And we're going to be doing a later show that night. We're going to be starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time next Monday, March 14th. And then on March 17th, Jeff, I know you're really looking forward to this one, man. Wrestling star from WCW, Buff the Stuff Bagwell. He's buff. And ladies, he has all the stuff. He's going to be right here with Jeff and I on the stoop. Are you looking forward to that one, Jeff? I can't wait. Can't wait for this entire next couple of shows. Uh, it, oh, we got such a great lineup coming up, and Phil kicked it off. We got some great guests coming up, so now is the time. Join us, listen in. Don't be a stranger. And we're working on some future guests. Jeff and I have our hands just in the honey pot, and we're talking to actors, actresses, musicians, athletes. We're trying to get them all on right here on The Stoop, and hopefully that's going to happen real soon in the future. We have a list of names in front of me of people that I've spoke to, Jeff, and I I would love to just announce them all right now, but of course I can't because I don't have dates for most of them. Um, In the middle of talking to them, we're discussing, just talking to some people. We're going to have some amazing, amazing guests on after uh, Buff Bagwell, March 17th. We're uh, starting to uh, go up for that. And just a little thing and a little treat for our listeners tonight we're going to try to do a little 80s theme month here maybe april maybe may who knows but it's coming real soon something we're really looking forward to here on the stoop so jeff we talked to nick arcade's fillmore tonight high energy fillmore it was another phenomenal show good good stuff um i gotta say are, are you happy man are you happy that the stoop is just coming twice a week now Static. It is so great. You sit here and it's only an hour. I wish it could be more than an hour. So much good stuff that comes out. The guests have been amazing. Uh, from you know, just everybody we've had on this has been amazing. You don't even want to single anybody out. Everybody's just been so great. You're great. I love being here. It's, it's the best one you can have. Yeah, I mean, we like you said, we've had some great guests. Uh, we we relaunched and we re- rebranded in January, and our first guest was the great actor. Kevin Sorbo, who played Hercules, he was on Andromeda. He was our first guest in January. That was a great show. And then uh, right after that, we had um, Jesse Itzler. Um, that was probably one of the best shows we have ever had. Jesse is a, is a phenomenal person. Um, we reviewed his book here. That was a great show. Listen to it in the archive. Then we had actress Jamie Bernadette on with us in January to round it out. That was some cool stuff. And then February was our metal month. Jennifer Lee Gottlieb from that metal show. Our good friend Dan Gutschmidt from Adrenaline, the rock band. And then last uh, couple weeks ago, um, Jessica from Psyka. That was great. And then Madeline Victoria, the up-and-coming country starlet. And then tonight, Nick Arcade's Phil Moore, man. We went retro. We went back in time to the early 90s Nickelodeon, man. 1990 to 1992 is when that show aired. Two seasons. 25 years ago, Jeff. I'm starting to feel real old now. Vintage. We're vintage. We are vintage here at this studio. <laughs> but anyway, so that's it for tonight's episode. I want to thank uh, Phil Moore once again for joining us. And once again, March 10th, this Thursday, metal guitarist Xander Demos is going to be joining us to talk about his career, his music, and we're going to play some of his tracks off of his newest album. Really looking forward to that. So for my man, the shark, Jeff Perini. I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you so much for listening to this, Stoop, and we'll see you all Thursday night. See you Thursday.